and welcome to another Joshi 2010s episode. It is I, JD, it's Redleaf Retrocast, Patreon. If you're listening on this venue, thank you all for joining up at Redleaf Retrocast on the Patreon. It's episode 29, and we're back at JWP. And just to kind of reiterate here, uh, after what we experienced in 2010, going on this journey, we realized that JWP was, it was one of the better, more upward, uh, at least in terms of talent and, I'll say booking, in the Joshi scene. Uh, the amount of talents, the disper- di- disparity of talent, disparity, disparity, disparity of talent was among the best in the scene as well. And at the end of that year, we realized, man, 2011 got to cover more and cover more we have. And what I noticed was uh, just on an event schedule of what they were doing in 2010. 2010 was very much built up to JWP Mania 10, uh, which, if you recall, was the Emi Sakura Yoniyama hair match. Uh, there was also uh, Pure Slam, which happened in July, and the uh, Plum Memorial Show, which they did in Osaka. But in terms of, like, even an overall schedule, the amount of shows, what they were, what they were building to in between and doing in between was a lot of type dojo shows, small venues in Tokyo. Uh, in 2011, there's been a visible increase. And it's not just uh, how often they're running. It's really with the booking of the talent, uh, what, what their goals are uh, going forward, because you notice the schedule immediately has a tag league, uh, and the J1, which we just covered. So there's two big tournaments that they've built up in the first half of the year alone, which is nice to see. And Kay and I, in a prior episode, kind of loosely went down, you know, you got to start somewhere. You know, you, you can, you can, you can say that, okay, this, this, this promotion, this, this operation that they're doing, it, it's 250 people. It's it's very hard for them to draw above that, get better, get bigger crowds. Well, there does come a time where you got to put your foot down and go, okay, how do we get that 300? How do we get that 350? How do we get that 400 into not just our one or two shows that we run every year? You know, you got to, you got to do a little bit more. Otherwise, kind of what are we doing here? And we're, we are coming out of the economic crisis uh, that happened in 09. So JWP has really noticeably tried a lot of new things in 2011, and I would say the Pure Slam show uh, that we're covering today at Corken Hall from July 18th, 2010, I would say it's starting to pay off dividends in small amounts, but dividends nonetheless. You know, invest 50 cents. Uh, get a dollar back kind of deal. It's it doesn't seem like a lot, but you're doubling down essentially. Get it? You're getting you're getting your money's worth. So no K again. It's JD here solo. 
And if you're listening on the Big Egg Joshi podcast when this goes out, please consider hitting us up on Twitter at BowlingJD, Redleaf Retrocast, easily searchable. And consider signing up to the Patreon so you can get these two weeks early and all of our bonus content that uh, we put out there each month. So this Pure Slam show, otherwise known as uh, the road to the 20th anniversary for JWP, uh, it's a ninth day on their tour of it, and it culminated in the Pure Slam show. So just a reminder of what happened recently. Uh, it was the conclusion of the J1, a more or less knockout tournament that, that they ran. Uh, not a red and uh, blue block format they did for Tag League. And uh, it culminated with a double title match, Haley Hatred's TLW title uh, versus Leon's JWP Openweight title, in which Haley Hatred won. And then shortly thereafter this, as we covered in the last episode, Leon is going to go to a big stardom show. And uh, that led to Leon losing the uh, high-speed title to Natsuki Tayo. So, uh, all within kind of a couple months, Leon went from the hottest thing in Joshi in terms of title defenses and going on a, a strong matches and a run, she's now beltless, which kind of sucks. But on the other side in JWP, Haley Hatred has a ton of titles. <laughs> she carries around like four or five of them, and she uh, concluded that night on uh, at Osaka Carnival in June with all the titles in her possession, and Yoniyama coming back from a broken nose or orbital bone or something and laid down the challenge for Haley Hatred. And they, I tried to ask around and get some confirmation. The closest I could get was a Lufisto <laughs> conversation nonchalantly where her and Haley Hatred and Haley was very close with a few of the JWP wrestlers, Yoniyama in particular, uh, out there. So that's, that was kind of a fun little tidbit there. So, if you want to start comparing kind of a Cork and Hall uh, visual, if you will, JWP Mania 2011, so this was back in April, uh, got 852 to Cork and Hall from a number perspective. And then Pure Slam 20, 20, uh, 2010. July of last year got 829. So kind of a push in that sense. You look at Pure Slam 2011, 957. So again, it is only about 100 people more. A little bit more than that. But over time, you know, maybe not the next year you see it, but you go two years in a row increasing by 100 even 50, three years increasing by 150. Now you're into that 1100, and it looks it, it looks more impressive on paper, and it's a clear sign of growth in the audience and what you're doing. That's kind of what I'm driving at here. I, I'm, I'm, I, I realize it's breaking down very small numbers. There, there's no 
way around that. I mean, for all we know, a the weather was bad on one night. I'd have to look at like old weather reports to make sure that's all good. Maybe, maybe uh, the holiday came under scrutiny one year. Whatever, whatever it may be. The point is, you want these people in the door, and you want to increase uh, little by little as much as you can. So the big draw of the show was a single match, uh, triple title match, JWP Openweight title, TLW Women's title, IMW Hybrid Fighting title. I don't know what that is. I couldn't find any information on it. It's one of the many just Velcro-looking things that Haley Hatred's touting around during this time. But she's defending all three of them against her her friend, Kaori Oniyama, just returning. That's your main that's your main drawing card. Now, one thing I was talking with Kay about was before he went on uh to fight the Russians <laughs> was why aren't we seeing like Yumioka, Sachi Abe, Misaki Owada? Why aren't we seeing these people kind of challenge for the title? Well, Kaori Yoniyama's retiring this year. So to go along with this is Yoniyama's Yo, the Yonayama Revolution is what, it's, what it's being called, touted. Uh, and these tournaments that they're running, what they're doing is they they got Leon at the top spot, finally. They got Haley Hatred at the top spot. That much is very clear. And with the Tag League, they did, I thought, a good job in making like Tsubasa Kuragaki and Haruyama kind of the people out of the main event, at least for now. Uh, to concentrate on tag team wrestling, which in turn is more or less getting also Haley Hatred, Ohada, and these people over than the promotion. People were not seeing in the main events is Sache Abi, Command Bolshoi. Uh, people you would think have a little bit more pull, clout, but they've never really gotten to this point in the promotion. And one thing we saw on this show are two people that really got a lot of shine, and that is Hikari Minami from Ice Ribbon, who's coming on here for a special singles match, and Hanako Nakamori, a very young uh, prospect within JWP, who's getting a very... She's getting very much a lot of shine and push in specific uh, instances throughout the cards as we're going forward in 2011. She's 23 years old at this point. Uh, 23? 22. She's 22 at this point in time. So they really they really believe in her. Let's get her some new gear. <laughs> so we can at least uh, get behind her fully. So let's begin with this card here. Uh, Nana Kaw- uh, Kawasa versus Rabbit Miyu. And I'm like, man, that Rabbit Miyu name seems really familiar. Well, she's very small. This is her debut match, I believe. So, or it's damn close to it. Let's see. I think this is her debut. Yeah, this is her debut. It's her debut for JWP. She was trained by Yonayama, and she definitely loses this match. This was two minutes of rookies. Nana Kawasawa, I'm not too familiar with. Uh... I guess she's a teenager. She's, oh, it's a double debut, and she was trained by Kuragaki. Okay, yeah, bigger girl, bigger style. Got it. Okay. Two minute, two minutes for the rookies. Not much else to say there. 
And then our start of the card. Aoi, Yagami, and Naokamatsu defeat Minami, Katsu, and Masume. Eight minutes, 25 seconds of wrestlers being lost. <laughs> it's funny. When I was watching this, I go, you know what? Masume, she's got a good little uh, contingent of fans there. I think she's probably the more talented one of this bunch. And as soon as I open my mouth and think that, she proceeds to knock, I think it's Yaoi Yagami down on, on the mat. And she literally runs partway to three corners in a row, not realizing it's the fourth one that she had that she wanted to get up on to do a drop kick, and the crowd laughed at her hard. So I'm like, well, I'll take that back. She's definitely not uh, the best one. It's actually probably now Komatsu, uh, the one that we see in Oz Academy quite a bit. And Minami Katsu, she's, she drops some weight. She's getting a little bit more athletic. Uh, she's getting more comfortable in the ring. And this tag match did, uh, did I think those wave tournaments the last couple of years has helped her out. Uh, actually, come to think of it, was now Komatsu on the last couple of Oz shows we covered? I don't think so. But uh, regardless, Aoyagami, she's still got the uh, sporty kind of Taekwondo look to her. She's still very, very green. Needs a lot of improvement, and this match was no exception. And it, it basically functioned as an upper rookie match, I'll call it. Yagami and Kamatsu win this match. Eight minutes, 25 seconds. Kind of brutal. Kind of brutal. And really, for the rest of the card, I was kind of hoping they would give a couple other matches a little bit more time. And that's our special singles matches. Command Bolshoi took on and defeated Hikari Minami in eight minutes. Now, there was that Ice Ribbon episode at the beginning of 2011 where Hikari Minami seemed to have a huge breakout in a tag match, she's starting to do springboard cross bodies, springboard drop kicks. She's doing she's doing a lot of lucha moves. She's showing off a lot of her athletic ability. This match was no exception. And with someone like a Command Bolshoi in there, she was able to show off three times more than she has in the past. Uh, Bolshoi was able to add a lot of technical and ground game to get Hikari Minami to kind of slip out and jump out of moves. So Hikari Minami is being positioned, uh, whether it's an ice ribbon or trying to get reps outside of ice ribbon to get better, it it sure seems like ice ribbon wants to make something of Hikari Minami. And this is something to look for in the Joshi scene in general, is when you have wrestlers having these quote-unquote, special singles matches. And they just don't do that on on big shows for no reason. I think a, a big one of, of recent time right now is in Tokyo Joshi Pro at their Grand Princess show, Hikari Noah, their former international champion, the mid-card title, uh, is having a special singles match against Hikaru Shida. So Outsider comes in, gets you a good high-profile match, Get you a uh, the the visual rub in the ring, and uh, the other common factor is they never win. <laughs> no one ever wins these things, uh, and if they do, it's like a it's like a blue moon rarity. It's crazy. 
But this match, I do recommend. I gave this one a nice little one out of three star recommendation. It's worth checking out. And there were there were quite a few matches on here I'd recommend, at least loosely. So Kamara Hikari Minami, we got to pay attention to her now. The way she gets booked uh, throughout the rest of the scene, and how she gets booked an ice ribbon, because uh, this is a big flag going forward for her. And yeah, I, I was a huge fan of uh, Minari Minami, Minami at the start of 2011. Trios match. Here we go. It's the Black Dahlia crew. It's Bambi, Misaki Wada, and Yumioka taking on essentially Team JD Star. Uh, old old promotion from the early 2000s that's no longer functioning at this point in time. It's Kazuki Sachiabe and Tomoko Mori, whom has uh, come back from a hiatus away from wrestling. When did she come back here? Let me pull that up. Because uh, we were talking about her, and Tomoko Mori is definitely not my favorite wrestler on this JWP roster. She is rough. She's uh, definitely not as skilled as others in the ring. She uh, is mostly comedy. She does the uh, dual fingers in the butt maneuver, which uh, Sakura Hirota uh, does quite a bit. So let's see here. Um... 2009, she was doing a bunch of produce shows. Uh, 2000, okay, so she's been back a little while, but she's on a more, uh, it looks like she's on a more full schedule, and she was hanging out in um, Neo, did some Sun stuff, Ito Dojo, and, ah, there's the gap. Okay, 2002 to 2006, so it wasn't as uh, recent as I thought, and there's some LOPW stuff with Ito Dojo and Wave and whatnot. Okay, so yeah, Tomokomori. <laughs> uh, very rough. She's got a bigger build to her. Who does she? She reminds me a different kind of Kazuki, and this match really focused on a lot of whips. Uh, if this sounds familiar, it sounds exactly like the way Sekigun operates. You would be correct. What are you doing, cat? Come on. Get out of there. That kitty. It's really going after these cords lately. I don't like that. Don't like that at all. Uh Bambi wasn't wasn't too bad in this. Uh she was very she was she was fine. Uh but there was definitely a lot of a lot of comedy going on uh with Tomoko Mori. Not a lot of wrestling. It was a lot of heel shtick that didn't land. Uh, did it break into a wrestling match eventually? Yeah, but it took about seven, eight minutes of that of the 14 that we were doing. And the heels just kind of go over in the end. And uh, now, Masaki Iwata getting the pin over Sache Abe, they're doing this weird embarrassment. I, I, I can't really call it a storyline. It feels like it's just a house show shtick that's going on with Sache Abe where she loses to a young person in like a roll up or embarrassing fa uh, fashion. The young people will kind of call her an old woman in comedy. And then Sachi Abe will kind of have a, a goofy little, I can't call it a meltdown, but it's just kind of, ah, and everyone laughs at her and she has a big smile on her face and they leave. I would definitely be doing something a little bit more with a veteran like her, and even Kazuki to an extent, uh, but here we are. Misaki Iwata getting, getting the win is something else to uh, pay attention to going forward. 
And here we go. The big crux of the card. Ayumi Kurihara versus Hanako Nakamori. Uh, just under 10 minutes. This was good. I gave it a solid one out of three recommendation. It's, uh, man, if it was longer, we could have seen a lot more of what these two could do. They they really felt like they were just getting going. Uh, lots of good forearm strikes. Lots of good fire from Hanaka Nakamori. And uh, am I a little sad Ayumi Kurihara is only in this position and not, say, in title pictures in and around the scene? Yeah, I'm sa- I'm sad of that. However, I am at least, <laughs> we are at least getting uh, Kurihara still, she's still being respected to a small extent over what she uh, is capable of, as as we saw at the end of Neo and her tag team run in Neo with Yoshiko Tamura. So Kurihara just suplexes the shit out of Nakamori. Nakamori, she doesn't quite have her full set of moves yet. She's still kind of working through a lot of that. But she's got a lot of energy, and you clearly see the potential, while Kurihara kind of is there. She 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 is there to be a workhorse, and Nakamori and her going to blows was the getting over part. We're going to put on a good match. There's going to be a winner. And honestly, if no one's pushing Kurihara, and you want to get Nakamori over... I would make a 15 minute draw right here uh, that you're, you're not beating Kurihara and it makes Nakamori look twice as good than just straight up losing inside 10 minutes. And then you can take five minutes away from, I don't know, the main event or the semi main or I, I <laughs> you know what, that that rookie match at the beginning, take five minutes off that sucker. Uh, the the upper rookie match that I described, you can kind of move some timestamps around or. Or hell, just go five minutes longer anyways, uh, depending on how much the venue uh, costs you. There, there, there's a way to work, work around this from at least the business and time management perspective. But uh, as a fan, I definitely wanted to see him go longer anyways. So either way. And Kurihara wins with her hammer, hammer lock uh, T-bone suplex, which is still pretty red. So Hanaka Nakamori, Hikari Minami, Masaki Iwata. We're getting a lot of names here that's that's getting a lot of shine in what we should uh, be looking for in the future within JWP. All good stuff. I'm liking this. Semi-main event. It is Team Gaia. Another promotion. It, JWP kind of is doing this. It's, it's like not quite nostalgia, but it's recognizing the past and they team these people together from an old promotion. So we got... Mako Satomura, hey, a Mako, a, a wild Mako sighting here, teaming with Ran Yuyu and Toshi Yamatsu. I believe they're all from the original Gaia training class too, and they're taking on Hariyama, Leon, and Kuragaki. And I believe they're all from the JWP uh, class themselves. So this was real good. I like this. So the Kurihara Nakamura match, I gave one out of one out of uh, three. Bolshoi Minami, I gave one out of three. This one, I went two out of three. And I was quite surprised. I thought they were going to do a little bit more comedy. That seems to be the Joshi way is unless it's it's not even guaranteed. The main event won't have comedy in it. But in like trios tags and tags involving certain characters and what they're doing, it's almost like they're trying to preserve their bodies over and over again so they can do more dates, which, hey, 
you know, if this is your livelihood, I believe, when did I talk about that with Kay? I think it was on, I think I was talking with Alex on the podcast proper when we were discussing Wave and the way people are working. But here, uh, they didn't quite go that far, but they, they definitely worked hard to get something across. And Mako was real good. Ran Yuyu is, she's a firecracker in in the ring uh, the last, I want to say, six months. And she's coming off her uh, Oz Academy open weight win. That was a very much transitional uh, <laughs> emergency title, I guess, reign that she never defended it or really was seen with it. Toshimatsu, hey. She's coming off the good catch the wave tournament. So we we got we got some action here. Kurigaki Hariyama's coming off the tag league win. Uh Leon's coming off her her good title run. This is this was set up to be a good match and it was filled with energy that went almost 15 minutes. Uh Kurigaki and Hariyama was all about being hosses. And Mako Satomura was conspicuously out of the match during Haas time. But when there was a one-on-one sequence, Satomura was there to show off and get uh, get her shine. It, I, let's call that the Ultimo Dragon spot. <laughs> Comes in, does the thing, hits like a uh, Mahistral Cradle, and gets out. You know, there's nothing offensive about it. You get your pop. You get the moves everyone kind of wants to see. You're protected. And uh, the exception with Mako is she's not, you know, 50, 60 years old, can't do half the stuff anymore. She's a very simplistic set. As long as she can kick the shit out of people and hit her little scorpion kick deals, we're good to go. And that's what she did here. Uh, There was a real good sequence with Mako and Kuragaki specifically and Mako and Leon, uh, where Leon was able to show off a lot of her just let's call them wow moves she's got the uh rope walk into the double stomp she's got the springboard cross body to the outside and i would say if i'm gonna put a label on someone that uh should have shown more in the match that would have been kayoko hariyama she she's very much kind of hit and miss these days uh there was a good little heel roll Ran Yuyu and Toshimatsu were doing with Kayako Hariyama, where I believe her mother was in the audience, and they were bootwashing Hariyama's face in the corner, and then mocking her, mocking her and her mom, and then the camera cuts uh, to the back of like Corken Hall, I believe it was the east wall, and there's I guess the mother just howling with laughter that they're doing all this in front of her. So that was that was a good that was a very good moment. Uh could she have sold it and been like don't do that to my daughter sure but this was also fun. And a shock result. Kuragaki pins Mako Satomura. Huge win. Uh I was absolutely floored and shocked and awed that Mako Satomura ate a clean pinfall. Now, was there like a couple double, double T moves and then a big move? Yeah, sure. Well, yeah, that's fine. Took like two or three people to beat her up. Hey, it's a trios match. I'm all for that. Uh, and uh, Kuragaki, no, did Hariyama beat her actually? 
I think Haruyama actually beat her. And she's talking with Mako, and um, it really sounded like a promo. They were going to set something up with Haruyama and Mako Satomura. So I'm going to look up a little spoiler action here, real time. Let's look up Mako Satomura with Hariyama. Mako, nope, that's uh, in 2015. Okay. So, they don't have a singles match until January of 2013. So it definitely doesn't set anything up anytime soon. However, uh, ah, here it is. 2011 Sendai Girls is having a uh, team tournament. And it's going to be Team Sendai against Team JWP, uh, where it's rookie Nana Kawasa, Kurgaki, and Hariyama against Mako Hiren. I believe that's the Hiren from Oz Academy. It has to be the same one. It's, it's the only one we know of. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, much definitely. Oh, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it's the same one. And Ryo Mizunami. So that's kind of what this was setting up. Uh, since it was Team JWP against Team Gaia, it sets up the Sendai versus JWP match that's happening in uh, a couple months over in Sendai Girls at Cork and Hall. Let's take a look at this card here, because we, we're not scheduled to watch this Sendai Girls show. It's a one-night team tournament. Oh, wow. I might have to find this, actually. So it's at Cork and Hall, and they claim uh, sold out 1,800. Eh, I'm a little skeptical of that, but uh, let's just go over this. We got Team Wave, which is Gami, Ma Ma uh, Moka, Haruhi, Shushi Butani, Toshi Umatsu is representing Wave. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Uh, here's Team Sendai. It's Dash, Kagetsu, Mako, Miyako, Morino, Sendai, Sachiko, Team Ice Ribbon, Emi, Hikari Minami, Shida, Fujimoto, and Sakushi. So we got children involved. <laughs> Team Stardom, Mayu Iwatani, Nanai Takahashi, Tayo, Yokobito, and Yoshiko taking on Team Reina, which is Aki Kambayashi, Aoi Ishi. Ooh. Lo Ka La Kamadante, Yumiko Hota, and Zuxus. Oh, okay. I'm familiar with her. Team Freelance. <laughs> Jaguar Yakota, Minami Toyota, Sakura Hirota, Nancy Mari, and Mio Shirai. What a team. Let's see. And then, the okay, so the team gets a little bit whittled down, I guess. Team Diana, Kaoru Ito, Kyoko Inoue, and Sari. So we're getting, we're getting our uh, yeah, I don't think we'll watch this one. This is just wacky, wacky turn uh, team tournament. This is a this this looks like a, a fun card. If you can seek that out, go ahead. But uh, the finals is Team Sendai for whatever reason. I no clue why, but it's down to Kagetsu and Mako Satomura against Team Stardom, which is Nanai and Yoshiko, which you probably know is like Team Seed <laughs> at this point in time. Why was it those two? <laughs> maybe maybe you have to whittle down team members each round maybe that's what that was main event 
open weight title, TLW title, IMW title, on the line, Haley Hatred, Kaori Yonayama, 20 minutes, 1937, according to the timestamp. Oh, by the way, two out of three recommendation for the semi-main and main event. I really liked both of these. The main event was... So, with the Haley Hatred Leon match, we described it as they tried a lot of things, were really ambitious, but there was clearly some struggle there. Uh, some missed spots. Uh, you know, the powerbomb on the apron spot looked terrifying. This one, they kept it a little bit more safe. And what ended up happening was you had Yonayama. The size difference was really fun. Haley Hatred is, let's see, she's got to be like 5'9". Uh, yeah, she's 5'10". And Yonayama is <laughs> a small one. She's only 4'11". So we're talking an, a foot difference here, basically. And what ends up happening is we get Yonayama playing the uh, babyface in peril situation most of the match and firing back with big knee strikes and her hair's flying everywhere. Crowd loves her. And Haley Hatred is only doing power moves. She's doing hard scoop slams. She's doing... Uh, it's it, it, she um, Yonayama's avoiding the powerbomb, avoiding the lariat. So Haley Hatred is... I don't want to say Stan Hansen over here, but she's she's probably been watching some Stan Hansen tapes. She's loading up the lariat. She's pulling down her her elbow pad that's not there. <laughs> she's doing a lot of that. A lot of those mannerisms. So Yonayama throughout this match was phenomenal. And the ambitious moves that they did, because they, they did try some things to take this match over the top. And that's why I'm giving it two out of three. Uh, the three out of three... That'll, that's going to elude them because Haley Hatred just, she's not there at this point in time, but she is definitely worthy of these main event spots. I would personally prefer Leon to still be in the spot. Uh, however, this one will bring you in because they do turnbuckle spots. And what I mean by this is they know that it won't take much effort from Haley to lift Yonayama. And even in later, even later in the match, when Haley Hatred is absolutely exhausted, Yonayama is very liftable <laughs> because of the size difference. It's it's not a lot of weight for big bad Haley Hatred here. So the so, uh, there's like a sunset flip attempt into a code red that Kaori Yonayama goes for, but Haley holds onto the ropes, so Yonayama is completely upside down holding her. And that leads to Haley Hatred just kind of dropping on her bonsai style Yokozuna and squashing her. There's uh, a Frankensteiner attempt where Hatred just stops her there and reverses into a uh, a power bomb of sorts. There's suplexes that are reversed. Yonayama slipping out and doing a power bomb of her own. Lot of go all of the big impact near falls came from these big turnbuckle spots, which I was a huge fan of, and the crowd came into it too. Uh, so the near they built up a to a lot of these. They they 
attempted some apron stuff, but always reversed and uh, some uh, some fly attempts, some uh, suicide dives, topes. And what it came down to was Yonayama tried all of her best stuff, could not put Haley Hatred away, and Haley Hatred hits finally hits her with the big lariat and a uh, let's see, she kicks out of the lariat, she kicks out of a deadlift uh, power bomb. Yonayama gets a gets a last hope German, gets a gets a fisherman driver where she barely gets her over, which was impressive because of the size difference, and then Haley finally gets her in the running Liger bomb to pin her. Uh, very good. Again, I give it two out of three. This was a lot of fun to uh, to see. Uh, I got kind of roped up in, wrapped up in the story they were telling. Yes, it's a little rough around the edges, but you take you kind of take what you can get and hope that hope they improve. And I do. And and look, we got a one match improvement already between Leon and Haley Hatred. Haley Hatred and Yodayama. Uh, they really, I thought they nailed the format and the structure uh, quite well. After the match, Yodayama. <laughs> Yonayama's like, oh my god! <laughs> Haley's so big and strong. <laughs> it's really funny. Uh, she's she's like sad the revolution's over. She'll probably never get another title shot. Uh, she knows her retirement's coming. And Haley grabs the mic and she won't let her kind of give up. She goes, no, no, no. We still got the entire second half of the year before Yonayama's retirement show at the end. It's time for Revolution 2. Yonayama Revolution 2. And Yonayama's kind of like, I think I understand that. So she just kind of repeats the part she, that she understands. She goes, okay, let's do it. And I I hope, I won't spoil myself completely, but I hope this sets up them as a tag team and they get to have some fun tag matches, maybe and go for whatever tag title. There's like three of them in this promotion going on. You got the Daily Sports, you got the JWP. Uh, there's probably, I don't know, probably some Haley, some, some more Haley hatred made up belts that she's carrying around. They could do, uh, some fun tag stuff with create some stakes at these shows going forward. And maybe by the end of the year, we'll get a huge turnout for the Yonayama retirement, which is going to be a spectacle at the end of the year. So let's go to the 2011 wrestler of the year rankings in Joshi. Leon, still with a sizable lead of 19 points. In first place, Misaki Awada, 14 points in second. Karoshida with 10 in third. Yumi Oka, fourth with 9 points. Kana, fifth. With, uh, one, two, three. Oh. Uh, yeah, Kano, uh, fifth with 8, tied with Natsuki Tayo. And there's your top 5 there. And Yonayama with the with another performance kind of moves up into like a top ten position. So this is fun. I like these little match ratings. All doing all the recommendations. Uh, clearly, we watched a lot of JWP and Wave and and stuff. Uh, but I guess we'll find out what happens next. Uh, let me pull up the schedule so I can inform you guys what's next on this list here. Bear with me. Hopefully it doesn't take too long to load up. As I double click the Excel file riveting uh, content here. <clears throat> Excel is loading. Here we go. 
So JWP uh, Pure Slam 2011, I'm giving this a solid two stars out of three. Haven't been as many uh, as there were in 2010 at this point. Um, eh, 2010 had a lot of not rated shows that we watched. Ah, our next episode is going to be a huge variety hour. It's going to be Stardom Season 3. So it's not on this, on Stardom Dash World. This is a big compilation D- DVD of what happens from August through uh, the end of September. So it's a whole like two-month compilation DVD over uh, what's going on in Stardom uh, during this time. And I believe that will kind of... I believe that's when Io Shirai comes in. I believe that's the official uh, come-in date. And that'll take us... Uh, essentially through stardom to the end of the year uh, to the to year in climax so another stardom episode they're they're quick we got the debut series at the beginning of the year we got their first title show and now we got season three uh, i hope you're excited as much as i am to continue on with more stardom and that will be episode 30 so I'll see you next time everybody enjoyed <laughs>